0: Thank you. Hello everybody, welcome to The Cleaner Cast. As you know, we are live on YouTube every Friday at 6 central, so if you want to come join live, if you're listening to us in podcast form, then come on over to YouTube, like, subscribe, all that good stuff, and tune in every Friday, 6 central. And as you know, we're available in podcast form on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We're running the clock on this one. We only have Mr. Dane Hennen for a short time, so let's go ahead and introduce my Canadian cohort. He is Mr. Alex Dua. What's going on doer
1: hello everybody and i'm gonna say it right now that was probably my favorite intro clip ever indeed, so um
0: indeed. that's uh that
1: should that should deserve a five-star review from all you people people watching us so uh yeah, so as you're, you're Jason, just listening all you, platforms, gotta, do you gotta come family. over
0: and watch yep yep so you had a good week this week
1: very good yep it was uh, a lot of rain here but also uh some humidity attached to that with the hotter days, but, uh, you know, excited yep. for the weekend.
0: Yeah. So I'm saying Humberto, where is everybody go, 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 let everybody know to get in here. Thanks for yep. showing up on time. Humberto, you get the a ribbon this week, but yep. like I said, we got to get is. Dane on here and get him the talking cause we don't have him. We don't have him all day.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: without further ado, he's at great Dane films. He's the heir to the TRC throne. He's got a T-Bird <laughs> on eBay for sale. I think it's about to close though. So you got to hurry if you want a T-Bird. And you can follow the man on Twitch. He is a great Dane Films, Dane Hennen. How's it going, Dane?
2: Hey, how's it going, everybody? Nice to see you. Um, nice, yeah, to nice to see really you. Good. Hope you guys are doing all right.
0: We're making it. Oh, no, very well. It. All right. G Davis well, I'm in the just house. I out
2: the position of the camera here. I got it like on a little stand, but you know, as I as I decide how this is going to work, me, I'll set it on the table. Me, I'll do a little dance. I don't know. Something. That intro was something else, so I wasn't expecting that.
0: Yeah, I like the- <laughs> a good little custom intro every week. Dewar sent me that clip earlier. I was like, got yeah, any clips we should show, Dewar? Yeah. And sent me that, and I was like, I forgot about That's... this video. I oh, got to make this yep. intro. Snuck
1: yeah. it right up n- on me. <laughs> I never forget. We were like, what's a good clip of Dane? And I'm like, there's a lot of good ones, but I'm, I love that one because it's the entire oh, yeah. creamer. So, so <laughs> all of it. All the creamer, yeah. Entire yeah. bottle. Yeah.
0: Fantastically shot. and I mean, just uh, amazing work. Over oh, there by beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful shot of the creamer in the, uh, what was that, the V8 gang? I think that oh, video yeah. was yeah. called. Was the V8
2: gang. That, that, that was the deal there. And I got Anthony walking by. He could wave at the camera as he walks out the door. Hey, guys, There's so the, the guys man, the myth, the, the have, legend.
0: But
1: uh, otherwise, you know, I'd be on
2: here. So uh, next time, you'll definitely have him. So have yep. fun. Don't do anything I wouldn't do, right? <laughs> you right. live streaming leader oh no you guys in it. <laughs> i
0: gotta
1: do
0: yeah. stuff
1: tonight <laughs> Yep. Yes. Yeah,
0: anyway. so this is kind of gonna be trc part one we have dane on this week to give us the trc story and all that good stuff and then in the future when anthony decides to set a date we will have him and levi on board to tell us all about these nano diamonds so if you're here to talk nano diamonds <laughs> save it for part two part one mm-hmm. we got dane yeah, you can we'll ask them.
2: me but my, my experience yeah. with that is uh a touch limited, we'll say.
0: Yeah, well, you can, you can set it up for the boys to get into it further into the future. But uh, today we're talking some good old microfiber and Twitch. That's right. That's yeah. right. So we'll
1: good The good time. stuff.
0: The meat <clears throat> taters.
1: <throat> oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, Dane, kick us off with the TRC oh. origin story from the garage to Tau oh. Empire. Give us the bridge version and kind I of mean, how you came on board.
2: Anybody who knows me knows I I talk. Way too much. I I I, I don't know if there's necessarily a lot of lot of uh, you know important information except like maybe the fifteen percent you got to dig through and find it, but it's there. I I just like to flourish it up a little bit. But in this case, I'll I'll give you the abridged version. So to uh, to really make it simple, uh, the company did not start under myself or my family. It actually had a life before that um, with a retired couple who had it, their names were Bev and Dale. They were really nice people, but, uh, and and they're still alive. I'm making it sound like, no, they're still (laughs) alive. Basically what, uh, what what essentially happened here was they ran the company. It was mostly Bev's. So the, the wife, she ran it as kind of like a almost like a retirement project kind of thing. Like, you know, idle hands, all that kind of thing. You want to have something to do. In your retirement, and she found that she really enjoyed like the customer service side of it. That was a big thing for her. It was mm-hmm. just you know being really responsive and attentive over the phone, helping people with problems. But back in '99, she started this business, the the rag company, and uh, had it you know based out of the garage, and uh, that was just right here in Idaho. So it was started here in Idaho back in 1999, and uh, you know years go by, she she keeps uh, keeps it growing. You know, building up a good uh, you know collection of people who. Like buying towels from her and stuff, but once again, it's just a two-person operation. She handles the you know front-facing stuff, the you know customer service, that kind of things, and he does the books because I guess by trade he was a CPA, so he he understood yeah. that stuff pretty well. That was an easy thing to uh, adapt for him. But the company was never like huge or anything, but they did have some interesting uh, customers already in their repertoire when uh, we found out about it. So you cut forward a few years, you end up at like 2012, 2013. We hear uh, about these people through a mutual family friend. And the reason it was even brought up as a subject was because for years and years and years, my parents had worked all kinds of odd jobs. Like for anybody who knows their backstory, it's crazy. You want to talk to them sometime because my parents were originally musicians (laughs) and a cocktail waitress and all that kind of thing. So fun, fun, uh, you know, kind of origin story there. Uh, and actually, mm-hmm. it starts here in Boise as well, which is funny, but back in the 70s. Um, but <laughs> anyway, yeah. So <clears throat> cutting through that, for a long time, they had since gone back to college, school to finish their stuff. Um, back in the 90s, they kind of got, you know, their degrees enough that they could go and start like corporate gigs, right? You know, the typical desk job in you know, glass building, that kind of thing. My dad worked at warehouser, um, you know, like a, a paper supplier from Washington, yep. And my mom got into the healthcare field. She was an echocardiographer. So she did you know, scans of people's hearts and organs, stuff like that, you know, and, and was there really as that technology was kind of evolving. So she's super familiar with that. And yes, she she knows a ton about that. But <laughs> um, basically, they had those. And that was kind of their corporate gig for a while. And as you work your way up, especially like my mom at the hospital, office politics were weird. Like you just run into mm. some strange attitudes and things there and you kind of if you're like her she she doesn't like seeing other people get taken advantage of or treated poorly that kind of stuff obviously she wants to be in the healthcare field because she wants to help people but uh she just started seeing that kind of stuff in places and was going oh that's not right i don't like how this feels and Mm -hmm. so she she was kind of noticing too that it was just you know not a a super great environment at times and they had always dreamed of being able to run their own business you know maybe pick up a franchise at one time i, I laughed um they were they were very serious at some point uh years and years ago about maybe we'll get a Schlotsky's deli and we'll run a, a schlotzki <laughs> it's like just something that you could call your own that you could just run it it's a small business and there's mm-hmm, no mm-hmm. Yep. boss to to talk to because you are the boss you know that kind of thing yep. so i get it and a lot of detailers i think can relate to this feeling yeah. too if yeah. like yeah. i yeah. worked a job it sucked. <laughs> I want to do my own thing now. And detailing gives you a little bit of freedom and mm-hmm. actually some decent, you know, room for growth that other jobs where you kind of take it on your own may not, you know, at least not quickly, but detailing does offer that. So anyway, I'm really not making this short. So anyway, That's good. Uh, when, it, when it came down to it, my parents, because they displayed this interest in potentially, you know, finding a business someday. This is kind of an oddball, but a family friend of theirs also knew this Beth and Dale. And uh, she mentioned to them, hey, there's this couple, they've got this business, it's based in their garage. Um, they sell microfiber towels. And that, that's basically the the extent of it. It is not, uh, not, not a whole lot else, you know, explained there other than they sell towels, which is like, mm-hmm. okay, cleaning supplies. Interesting, I guess. Right. Um, it's something it's a business and they they're they're in a position where they're looking at just dropping it retiring that kind of thing but uh bev she really cared about it and didn't want to give it to just anybody they were trying to offer it to family and friends nobody wanted it because Mm -hmm. if you saw it in its state when i first saw it Mm -hmm. which i was like the the first boots on the ground that wasn't them like going and checking it out like scouting for us i Mm -hmm. literally Decided to go and job shadow, so I, I spent a week with uh, Dale um, because the the reason for this was Bev found herself in the hospice. She she mm. was in a position where she had some accelerated condition that was limiting her ability to do a lot of things. She mm-hmm. sounded good over the phone, but physically it was really taking a toll, and she wasn't able to do this stuff. And the stress was building. So yeah, I think all that stuff was weighing and none of the family wanted the business because it's a bunch of cardboard boxes full of microfiber towels in their garage. There's really not anything else to to show for it. So I job shadowed Dale. I learned a little bit about drop shipping, you know, that kind of stuff for the items that you don't have in stock. Like early on, they had A lot of things in stock, but because they're based in their garage, there were certain things where it's like, okay, we we can do like a supplier for that one or whatever, but we really try and carry as much as we can. But they were really limited because it's a garage. So yeah, yeah, that was something where they're kind of learning, but it it was understanding the communication with the customer. And I have a ton of experience in that because I go back at this point, I've got in excess of 20 years of customer service experience, (laughs) But uh, I, I'm always the guy who worked like at Home Depot or I worked at a ski lodge as a bus boy. I've done the dirty jobs and the, you know, the less than appreciated jobs, okay. stuff that kind of goes just ignored or whatever. And, you know, you learn a lot with how people treat those people. So I, I, I find that that really mm-hmm. colored my approach to how I would do something if I was suddenly in charge. So I I have a very empathetic approach to stuff. I always try and put myself in someone else's shoes, understand where they're coming from, figure it out. So customer service is like a natural thing for me. But in this case, it was, yeah, job shadow, answer the phones, figure out, okay, this is kind of how it vibes every day. uh, And this is when you ship stuff out. There really weren't a lot of orders coming in. Honestly, it was like maybe an order every other day. (laughs) It was very slow. Um, for retail type orders and mm-hmm. then for the larger customers, they would order a lot of stuff. But at the time, their biggest customers were people running uh, cleaning services. And most of those cleaning services were actually based in like Florida or New York or um, kind of like uh, even Texas or Missouri, places like that. So not necessarily, you know, right around here, it's a lot of stuff elsewhere. So a lot of stuff's getting mm-hmm. shipped when it does go out and, the thing you'd notice, obviously having the stock that a garage holds, is well, you run out of stock pretty quickly, but you gotta stay on top of it, but you can't order too much or else you blow your budget. You know, it's just it's figuring yeah. all that stuff out because that's why it never really had room to grow. It was it was kind of mm-hmm. limited by the process that was surrounding the whole thing.
1: Mm-hmm,
2: anyway, mm-hmm. long story short, wound up in a scenario where yes, they were finally open to potentially selling the business to someone who wasn't family or friend, that kind of thing. And that's where my parents said okay you know yeah. dane has gone and looked at it seems to think it, it could be interesting maybe it'd work we're willing to buy the business but it's not like my parents were loaded they were in a position where i mean they had like a little nest egg set aside but there's like you know retirement stuff it's not the kind of thing mm-hmm. you necessarily want to dip into or you sound crazy you know when, when you talk about that for the people who do have that yeah nobody's <sighs> loaded here it's all firmly you know lower end corporate job, middle-class, whatever you want to look at. So this was mm-hmm. a huge deal. This is you know, kind of putting things at risk. And they made an offer and they essentially said, I hope you turn us down, but that's all we're able to offer. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: well, well, if that works, that's awesome. But I just, I totally understand if it's not for you. And Dale, he he kind of looked at him and went, you know, it's really... It's not quite what I'm looking for. But at the same time, if I know anything of my marriage, I to go talk to the boss, see yep. what she thinks. And so he left for an hour and then he called back an hour later and he said, all right, so she just has one question. And the question is, are you actually going to try and make this work? Mm-hmm. Are you just going to take the stock that's here Liquidate it, sell it all off, make a few bucks yeah. in a hurry, and move along to something else. Because, in a lot of other people's hands, yeah, that's probably what would have happened. In yeah, the whole dark reality is, yeah, that's that's how I think that's what would have happened if, like,
0: the fam if their family would have <laughs> took it from them. That's probably what would have. Yeah,
2: been. yeah, I, I, there, there was no passion for yeah. that there because honestly i totally get it Who, who's getting passionate about towels yeah but at the same time now it's funny to say because mm-hmm. we've kind of turned it into a thing but yeah back then absolutely it was, it was not not something that people were oh wow yeah no, yeah gotta that's get what, that.
0: i want to know what you saw in the towels like in the microfiber in general so. that you were like yeah i'll give it the thumbs up let's go ahead and get this mm-hmm. and it's gonna be you were so learning
1: all about it too. like you, you didn't yeah. have a background really of them for that. Man. No, my, my
2: understanding yeah. of microfiber towels was what cleaning products we sold when I worked at Home Depot and yeah. I was still working at Home Depot at the time. Mm-hmm. And you know, what uh, what claws we used at the hospital cause I also worked in the emergency room um, supply unit ordering products for the delivery and the sure. ER. Um, excuse me, air bubble um yeah so basically i i had familiarity with like products and SKUs and ordering and all that kind of stuff but it was not microfiber centric that was mm-hmm. a whole new world to learn about and mm-hmm. auto detailing was the part that appealed to me not because i like cleaning anything necessarily i know you guys definitely do obviously but for me it was just cars i i saw cars and i was like yeah some of the tie yeah. together cars i'd yeah. love to do that but I was also noticing that the majority of the business, as it was currently centered, centered around the obvious thing, the you know hotel cleaners, the supply right. companies who handle like the, the van rotor router services, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. that was where the majority chunk of the customer base was. But there were some interesting automotive ones, such as uh, like Tesla Motors was already in the book as having ordered uh, microfiber towels for their prototype department for testing out different oh. stuff. So that was really mm-hmm. interesting to find as we dug through the, the books and saw, oh, oh, that's interesting. What's that doing? Mm-hmm. Really? They ordered? And you find, and <laughs> looking back, I, I won't out anybody, but it was definitely funny to find out that, you know, now we were supplying some of uh, detailers who had their own lines of products and stuff <laughs> and yep. just having their own like towel lines, sometimes a uh, very color coordinated, um, probably some people where it's like, oh, back in the day they were popular. Maybe now not so much with YouTube moving the way it does. But, Mm, uh, yeah, yeah. it was funny to find out and have those interactions on the phone as we started to get into that, like, oh, okay, you know, talking to me like there's some big deal and I have no clue who they are. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, some fun stuff like that. And I learned over time. I I learned. But for me, the big appeal that got me on board with it and interested in it was honestly not um, the, the microfiber. The microfiber was nice but I didn't have an appreciation for how much it differed from what I was already familiar with. I knew mm-hmm. that the precursor to the Eagle Edgeless, those felt different. Those looked different. They were not something I was familiar with at all because my experience with microfire Towels up to that point had been primarily the obvious ones, the Terry style ones mm-hmm. that yeah. everybody knows. The the Kirklands mm-hmm. and the, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff, Costco things. Um, you know, Sam's Club, all that
0: stuff. Yep, low name. But <clears throat> really the, the
2: HDX at Home Depot <laughs> and all those ones too. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so that was kind of the, the basis of my understanding, but I was willing to learn because obviously this is something that I was going to have to get familiar with very quickly. So mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time, even though I'm not like a spreadsheet guy or a math guy, I was learning all those alphanumeric names and all that stuff because back then the towels didn't have names. That was something that my dad and I were pushing, turning stuff into was like we got to give stuff names to make it more memorable because forty one oh one one six one six B, which was the original number for the Eagle Edgeless before it was Eagle Edgeless, uh, just mm-hmm. really didn't have a ring to it, you know. So we we're Absolutely. trying to adapt that a little bit, but yeah, the Eagle Edgeless was something, and I think that was my dad's idea i had some of the more uh obscure ones like the split purple nality and the night rider and things like that but yeah you know drive me a river was my dad's and uh yeah no he kind of expanded off from there but um trying to think of how this this all ties together basically the part that really appealed to me was the clean slate approach the idea that okay they have a website but it's very basic and not to be rude but it definitely had kind of an old lady vibe to it yep. when you're looking at it mm-hmm. it was just it was interesting it was like a totally black website with a very dark greenish teal logo that was written in the same font as like the new yorker so it was just like super yeah it's it's not jumping at you like buy me you know kind of thing it was classy mm-hmm. sure, but it was not it, 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 in 2012 and 2013 it was not quite the uh, the hotness the, the freshness the hipness yeah. no um so yeah i basically Fast went about to the beautiful to come up,
0: rag company well, <laughs> sure. up no, right company rep website sure well
2: thanks no that's, there we go. that's been yep. a big team effort so huge shout out to our web guys we've got, a, we've got a handful of people who work behind the scenes now and make all that stuff happen but it was a long road to get in there so basically my mission when we started other than just answering the phone for the odd order that would come in was trying to develop a social media presence which i knew was important but had never really done in any capacity before i just had to use a general intuition as to how that stuff should work having been marketed to myself uh by other companies all that time i kind of thought okay how do you approach that and the logo I, i made the trc logo that everybody knows so that was something that i was particularly proud of because it was my first like chance to really put my you know stamp on something and have it be a a memorable piece at the time people said oh that's cool logo but didn't really think anything of it now it's like such a firmly established thing it feels really good to be able to look and go yeah yeah that was that was like my first real big project but i i took all the old html that i learned when i was in high school and i applied it to (laughs) building a new website for us which i can barely remember html now but uh you know I, i built our first website after theirs try and recreate something um yeah. And then after that, I made like a big commerce website. We just kind of adapted, you know, moved along. And uh, yeah, it got to the point where we are now. But I will say, I think one of the the biggest tricks not that is a huge trick, but one of the biggest uh, smart moves that I, I came up with, not to toot my own horn here when we were starting out, though, was thinking, OK, I see all these people out here on Detail because I was doing detailing research because that was a part that appealed to me. I was noticing Mm -hmm. all these detailers hang out on all these forums because back then forums were still really popular and they still Mm -hmm. are to some degree today, but less so than they were. It's all Facebook groups and stuff now, but back then (laughs) it was it was a lot of different forums. Sometimes car care brands, sometimes more generalized like Auto Geek or Autopia, bigger ones like that. And I was just noticing a lot of overlap in the names i was seeing like usernames and stuff between the different places and i could just kind of pick up on trends just see mm-hmm. you know different uh different people kind of appearing in multiple places and i thought oh, but a lot of these places have like basically gatekeepers that that keep you as a business from getting in there you, you can't get in because you either got to pay their vendor fees and go through that way well, we were tiny like we we didn't have a budget or anything yet it was just trying to yeah. figure out I'm like how can i reach more people who actually have an interest in this stuff. And I remembered uh, that Reddit existed. And I'd never used Reddit. But I told myself, you know what? I'm going to go check out Reddit. I know it's a popular place. I just don't use it. But I'm going to go look at it. So I went and I looked. And sure enough, there was a detailing subreddit. And I'm like, oh, okay, We, we got a detailing subreddit here. People come here, presumably from all over the place. You know what? I've had a lot of people who hang out on the detailing subreddit also have spots over at those other forums so if i can make a good impression here with my username being the rag company and not being a a shilly jerk i'm actually Mm going to help people i'm going to answer their microfiber questions or detailing related questions if i don't know the answer i'm going to look it up i'm going to find out from someone else and you know compare and contrast until i have a good sense because i'm not a detailer i need to figure this stuff out. I just started doing that as the rag company. I Mm -hmm. just started made a profile and started replying to people, answering their Mm -hmm. detailing questions. If I only knew the basic stuff, you know, I wasn't putting anybody in like any harm's way by answering these are car cleaning questions. It's not like I'm saying use acid or you know anything like that. But (laughs) it's just you know safer approaches, whatever. But I learned a lot about products and techniques by doing that, and that's kind of where Mm -hmm. I started my journey uh, into the detailing side of things. But that was my mission: was to try and reach people through there and let them take the good impression that I made on them there back to the forums that I couldn't get into elsewhere. Yeah. Right. And yeah. over time Smart that moves. started to become more and more of a thing. And people would ask, Hey, your username is the Rag Company. Are you like actually a company? Do you carry products for like detailing stuff? Why, yes, we do. <laughs> and then that way it was like able to do it. But once again Reddit is so sensitive to anybody coming and like selling product. And I totally get that. Like Mm -hmm. I was aware of that reputation long before I ever typed a word on there. So I already knew Mm -hmm. that going in. I think a lot of businesses Mm -hmm. just go in and immediately like we sell all this shit. And it's just like, no, that's not, that's not the way to go. So I, I really just wanted to have a more grounded approach, but with an understanding of like, here's how it could go south and how to avoid those little pratfalls. Um, but yeah, that, that was basically my mission to try and reach people who would reach other people instead of trying to do all the legwork myself. So right. it was yeah. just trying to work smarter, not harder. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, I that, still that don't understand
0: Reddit, so you're way ahead of, <laughs> ahead of the it, game. It's so right.
2: Right. I, I forced myself to learn, so yeah. that, that had to be the thing I did there.
0: But uh, right. no, it worked can't.
2: out, and over time, it. it built word of mouth, and that was the most powerful way to build word of mouth was just mm-hmm. a consistent presence there helping people out. And I feel bad because I haven't been there in a while. And I, I always check like, eh, is it something like anybody? No, nobody's, nobody's really asking about it now, but I feel like we've established ourselves across the space yeah. now that more people come to us and I can help them out that way. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so that's basically where, where I kind of got our first growth.
0: Yep. So I wanted to focus in on, uh, the eagle edgeless what goes into yeah. the designing a specific towel and how did it evolve from the beginning until now
2: so when that one started it was a lower gsm um it was more in the 450 to 460 range um the initial yeah. ones and the people always get this impression like oh microfiber i can get it from the same factory you got it from and, you know that kind of thing it's like well actually just by you saying that i already can tell you don't know what you're talking about so <laughs> the hard part when it comes to microfiber is it's not just the one place does everything kind of deal there's mm-hmm. a very segmented way in which this stuff gets made um and well obviously i can't break down all the specifics of it yeah. the main part to understand is your yarn is generally made first in one place Then you've got the dyes that are handled by a dye house in a different place. Then Mm -hmm. you've got a place that'll actually do the weaves and the construction using the materials and the dye and all that stuff and basically combining all that until you finally got a finished product that makes its way to you. Now, if you're looking to start your own business and do that kind of thing, there's a lot of these different elements, but oftentimes there are people who like act as reps that can kind of like consolidate the experience for you. Which is I, I think how like in early days that's how it was working for them. Now we've established relationships where we we pretty much know like almost everybody that's out there doing that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and just understanding like how to pick and choose what works best for our, you know, setup and, and what people are gonna want. Because it can be frustrating when you have something great going and then one of those segments along the way starts to have issues and mm-hmm. say like the it's usually not the yarn. The yarn's like usually the most solid part because we always stuck to only the absolute yep. cream of the crop top, top tier yarn. You got to start with that. And then whatever you do with it afterwards, mm-hmm. it'll still be pretty good. Even if something gets you know screwed up along the way after that, but that's, that's key mm-hmm. is just getting the best yarn possible first.
0: Yep. Um,
2: but after that, yeah, sometimes you have like the dye house has some issues where it's not locking properly. The color can bleed more. You know mm-hmm. that kind of stuff can sneak up on people because I know everybody's really oh, yeah. sensitive to that, and I I totally understand it. It's never fun to have like your laundry bleed over into other stuff. But I've also met a lot of detailers who I don't think their mom ever taught them how to actually wash clothes yep. because a <laughs> there's a lot yeah. of bleeding where it's like you could have prevented that, but you mm-hmm. just took the you know one size fits not all the- approach and <laughs> threw it all in there, and then you were me. mad when it didn't. Yeah,
0: I'm that I guy. Like, <laughs> I mean, yep, I'm me that too. guy That's too.
2: But the difference is I know better and I still do it, but I'm calculating yeah. it. And I know when not to do it too. So mm-hmm. there's, there's, a, there's a particular way that you can uh, get away with it up to a point. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think a lot of the frustrations people don't understand. It's not just coming from one place. There's a lot of points along the, the way in the process where something could get knocked out of alignment and then the final product is somehow compromised. Um, usually that's not a problem, but whenever it has been an issue, it is difficult because there's obviously a big delay where it's being produced in South Korea or China, depending on which type you're trying to get. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, you have to do all this stuff really far in advance, you know, build out your, your, uh, preferences for like the specs you're looking for and certain types of weaves you want, all that. And then months and months later, it eventually makes its way to you. But by that point, all kinds of things could have happened in the interim where, you know, people's yep. taste change and now they all want a different kind of towel or something. So in the early days, it was really hard trying to like predict what people wanted. So we had to just come to our senses and say, all right, we can't play catch up because it's just too slow that way. We have to try and be the tastemakers and put something out there that's just going to appeal to people, win them over that way. And then they'll decide, oh, that's that's what I want. Yep. So it's not a perfect science. You screw up sometimes. It happens. But the Eagle mm-hmm. Edgeless was one of those that did work out. And yeah. uh, it existed in our line, as I yeah, said. It's dope. a uh, alphanumeric, just like unremarkable if you saw it on a spreadsheet. But mm-hmm. in person, yeah. if you saw it, you're like, oh, this, this feels and acts different. That, that mm-hmm. circular knit weave is very nice. It, it just has a nice particular type. feel to it. Because a lot of people are like, oh, when I touch these towels, it, it catches on my skin. Well, those are like yeah. a closed-loop towel.
0: Mm-hmm. These
2: don't really do that. They're oh, they're yeah. a little bit different. They have a very gentle feel to them, but they're very yeah. premium. So you you treat them that way. But yeah, once again, you look at a spreadsheet. Nobody's getting excited over four one zero one one six one six dash B.
0: So all right, name, yeah. we gotta move on. Process of bringing in brands. <laughs> means how, when TRC decides to bring in a new brand, kind of how does that process start, and what does uh you know the choice of brand? Come to
2: mm, This is one I, I like touching. It. This one's actually much easier to go through quickly. Yeah. So in, in the case of this, we have a very simple system. If you just lay it out on the surface, it has to be something that both Anthony and Levi agree on. That's mm-hmm. that's our core thing. And obviously, then it's uh, you know practical matters like okay, what's the shipping situation like if it requires. That or what's the you know international limitations because some things can't be shipped a certain way. Um, but yeah, that's the number one thing is, okay, we'll test a product based on its merits first. If it looks like something appealing, we'll give it a chance. We'll try it. And if mm-hmm. it passes a variety of tests that Levi and Anthony come up with themselves, it's not a standardized system, but depending on the type of product it is, I know there's certain things that they focus on and you know it's it's a lot of times it's just common sense it's the obvious stuff it's like okay yep. you want to have a good user experience but you also need to understand okay what's the what's going to be the possible price point of this item in relation to the user experience because different price you know sensitive groups are going to have different expectations about what they're willing to deal with too and if you can get really high performance out of something but it's a pain in the ass to use it can mm. be a little difficult to sign off on that because you just know you're going to get a lot of upset people who don't understand how something works calling you and saying "Oh, it's it screwed up it's a product and people hate hearing that they're the uh, the one screwing it up not the product because nobody yeah. likes hearing that but it's true it, that sometimes that's exactly what's wrong <laughs> But mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm, no, mm-hmm. I, I it's a big part of it. They just gotta both sign off on it, otherwise it won't happen. But yep. uh yeah, I the way the way it's broken down is Anthony takes it from a more like street level approach, like an enthusiast approach. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who, you know, is probably more in line with like an obsessed garage type customer who's like, oh looking, I wanna find my, you know, ideal version of this or that. Um, but like from the consumer level, he, he's the guy who's shopping for his own use, that kind of thing. Levi, he's from the shop background. He's the guy who's looking at, you know, on the ground, I get all these cars in from dealerships, from personal customers. I have some high end, I have some low end, I've got, you know, a real mix of stuff and it's gotta be able to function in my shop lifestyle type environment.
0: Otherwise
2: Mm -hmm. it just doesn't cut the mustard and I'm not going to waste my time with it. So right. that's where it's really useful to have their two opinions both sign off on something because if it can manage to cohabitate in those two worlds and be successful at it with those yep. two very different approaches to how detailing works, then you know it's going to be really useful for a broader array of people.
0: Yep. So that brings us to nano diamonds. So, Dane, what's the <laughs> scoop on your uh, mm. side of the story of this uh, bringing in the nano diamond coatings through diamond mm-hmm. protein? How's that been going?
2: So I I was kind of actually brought in a little bit later on that one. The guys were already starting to test stuff. And I asked, I was like, what, what are you using over there? And then I found out that they had actually had some communications with these guys, like uh, a, a good while before I actually discovered what was going on. But as time went on and I could see, like, for example, on Levi's wife's Camry, mm-hmm. I, I was <laughs> like, what are you using on that? Because you haven't washed that thing you said for like a week or two it looks like you just washed it (laughs) and it like rained recently but it it was just stupid how clean it looked i'm like can i get some of that on my car (laughs) i I would like to um partake please yeah uh, yeah no he was he was kind of messing around sampling it in different environments things like you know a card that's going to get used and abused out in the environment you know lots of Heat, lots of cold, lots of all these different things, road salt, whatever. And uh yeah, no, it was really impressive to see how much it held up even compared to coatings that at the time we thought were awesome. Like we we love like legend and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Those are really awesome, tough coatings. But this is just doing something a little different. And it's hard Mm -hmm. to say because you don't want to be the person who's like, Oh, this is Better than that, and it's like, well, for certain yeah. people maybe, but not for everybody. Maybe, mm-hmm. You know, certain people want a particular look or feel, or they you know, like supporting a given brand. You know, that kind of thing. That's okay. We want to encourage people to do that because we're a big tent. We carry a lot of different brands, and we carry them because we believe in every single one of them. But mm-hmm. when it came to this stuff, it was like, oh, oh, this is this is different. This is new. This is exciting because it's performing in ways we didn't know a coating could perform and the oleophobic properties were a big part of that. Uh yeah. like true oleophobic. Not just kind of like uh, you know, sometimes they'll say self-cleaning, but it's like really stretching the curve. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> You'll see that yeah. out there sometimes. But yeah, so I've actually just finished today um putting together the back end of a video that's gonna come out tomorrow on the Rag Company YouTube channel at 9 a.m. That actually captures our uh, little trip over to Switzerland where we got to take a look at the lab. And we got to oh, yeah. do a uh, ProLine application of the nano uh, you know, tech onto a 488 Ferrari Pista. So that was pretty cool. We cool. actually going to see him go through the process. It's like we start with the fun stuff in the lab and then – the last like two thirds of the video are almost entirely like pro application stuff. So people mm-hmm. looking for a good look at what's to come, take a look mm-hmm. at that. There's there's a lot to see there, but the car had PPF on it. It had stripes on it. It had, you know, some paint that needed some correcting and did the glass, lots of different stuff going on on there. And then right near the end of the video is especially cool because I know a lot of people, I didn't see questions about it surprisingly, but it's something that I know a lot of people have been interested in the spraying of the coating like actually using a spray gun to apply and uh their resident detailer there that their pro that they have <clears throat> in shop at the training center races anthony around the pista to coat all the wheels and anthony loses miserably and anthony's not slow
1: yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. so spoiler alert yeah, I saw their two-part
0: <clears throat> yeah. spray coating that looks very interesting on the pro line Yeah, no, it's really uh, interesting stuff going on. I'm looking forward to taking the deep dive into this new line. It's going to be fun. And like I said at the beginning of the stream, if you missed it, everybody, this is part one of TRC. We're going to have part two with Anthony and Levi, and we're going to to dive deep into this nano diamond technology (laughs) for sure. Dane's here to give us the TRC story and we gotta get him out of here before the haircut. So I let's know. move I, I on to, the to next.
2: talk longer on another time where I can actually give you yeah. guys like more dirt. But I don't know. This is a short <laughs> one, today. <tonight. Yeah, laughs>
0: uh, got Dane on here in short notice, so it's all good. But uh next, yep. let's move on to some Twitch action since we're running out oh, of time geez. here. Dane explains <laughs> Twitch. You can find oh, him on the Twitch channel, great Dane Films. Definitely give him a follow. He's almost fifty <laughs> followers. But Dane, why? twitch why why, why, why are we twitching all of a sudden
2: so the funny thing is like i i've seen live streaming for a long time and my experience with it is you know doing the q a here at trc people are familiar with that but i'm usually not a in front of the camera type guy obviously you know i'm built for radio but i'm somebody who can hang out behind the camera do the whole thing there and uh you know have a good time doing it that way i love shooting the videos levi and anthony but there's also some times where i'm like you know It'd be nice to just kind of break out and talk about something that I'm sure will bore a lot of people to tears. But it's maybe <laughs> something that interests me. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's got to be at least a handful of other people out there. Like, I, I always laugh when I see, like, Matt Mormon Obsessed Garage. I'm like, oh my God, some people if they say, like, it's just, like, no charisma here or something like that. Like, oh, why are you watching that? And it's like, I know Matt. Matt's actually very funny in person. Like, you hang around him. But, uh, yeah, no, I I get it. Like, the approach to some people is off putting where they're just like, Why, who's watching this stuff? And actually, there are audiences that build out of it.
0: I got you some reaction videos to react to. (laughs) Here we go. This is some good, uh, entertainment (laughs) you can catch on Dane's channel. We got some redneck action here.
2: Yes, sometimes (laughs) I just like watching a good old fashioned race, you know, got the dirt track race in there,
1: those tires. (laughs) Oh, We got another off road. This is the uh this is the kind of stuff you can expect to see on bane's Switch, folks.
2: Yeah, yep. you know, yep. I and the funny thing is this is actually more like pro amateur. The stuff I'm watching is yep. literally just people who brought their cars off the street and want to race each other on the racetrack. Those spectator drags yep. are hilarious. Because you're like, Oh my god, does an insurance know that you're doing this?
1: But,
2: mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. there's uh there's a lot of sketchy scenarios. Sometimes I also watch like weird uh youtube uh set up like blind dating shows that go horribly wrong that are funny
0: yeah we'll, Sometimes we'll leave I'm those watching. For, for you to introduce <laughs> yeah. The people. yeah no there's uh, all here, kinds of stuff here's <laughs> one i like to bring up some ghost videos every now and oh, then's channel yes, but too. this is a cryptid video and it's very recent mm. back in june of 2022 there's some uh, weird activity in texas so let's investigate hey, texas, this real what
1: quick what is this strange figure that people are trying to figure out yeah so there's aliens now there's monkeypox. what about <laughs> wolfman yeah, there's a wolf really man like, in Texas now. Wolfman now. It's trying me today. Who knew?
0: So so do some explaining for us. What's it's what's nice. what you yeah, think is going on here?
1: Yeah, yeah, oh okay, man,
2: they I'm got him really posed like literally Bigfoot. That's- <laughs> <around to> <laughs> yeah. He's doing he's doing the pose.
0: The classic Bigfoot pose. So Well, and if all you're <laughs> working on is like
2: one still image, that's always the best. It's like oh yeah, okay, it wasn't yeah. even a video doctor that it's yeah. not even a video <laughs> if there was a video they would be showing you the video right now but they're not so that should be a nah. <laughs> yeah. but uh, no it's always funny to see that stuff i love when jamie pops in with the ghost video comments although i like alex i think you were the one who posted a rolls royce ghost as a detailing video yep. i'm like yeah, yeah ghost video that was great that's my <laughs> kind of healing right and uh, <laughs> yeah we do watch detailing videos on the stream as well because i know a lot of people who have some crossover appeal they want that too, so I can definitely
0: speak to it. Yeah, Dane, I got one more for you. This is this is what hmm. I'd say is going to be you and Anthony if y'all ever stick to the UK cut. This is what's going to be. This is going to be standard activity at TRC once uh,
1: the oh, UK cut no. really kicks in. So let's <laughs> see right here.
0: Just a uh, foot racing a three million dollar Bugatti, you know, standard. <laughs> All caked oh, up man. on a Friday night.
1: <laughs> wow! Look at that! Look at the tucked-in shirt. <laughs> With all average size body parts. Yes. I mean <laughs> that guy. No, adi- is definitely no going additions. TGI Fridays after this.
0: Yep. So that's, that's, the, the that's activities. An ex- you that's can find. an Express
1: Cafe booty right there. <laughs> There's there yeah go. some yeah, Twitch yeah, activities in final. Dane's Twitch.
0: Make sure to give him a follow. Dane, we I'm ran out of time. We got to get you there. a haircut. So. Oh man, thank you. So buddy. it was a pleasure <laughs> having you on. Hit us with the plugs, and we'll get you out of here.
2: Yeah, of course. So like you were saying, I'd really appreciate if people followed me on Twitch. If you don't know what Twitch is, that's okay. It's just for live streaming, but I'm trying to bring something mm-hmm. different to the platform. It's like most people know if we're playing video games and stuff, I'm trying to do like reacting to YouTube videos and stuff like we showed there, you know, with some fun commentary. And my favorite part is the chat, interacting with you guys, typing in the comments, keeping it lively. <laughs> that's what I really love. So if you feel like you can hang with the chat, then it's a place for you. I know G Davis has been watching. He's definitely in there. So, uh, yeah, oh, no, yeah. It I'm is a record. fun time. Go check that out. At Great Dane Films, G-R-A-D-A-N-E-F-I-L-M-S. That's yep. uh, that's where you find me. And that's <clears throat> Instagram, too. That's the other place. Otherwise, I'm out here just, you know, promoing TRC stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. So you can count on that, too. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell.
0: And there you go. That's part one with the rag company. Well, like I said, we'll have Anthony and Levi on in the future. As soon as Anthony decides mm-hmm. to give me a good set date for to have him on, well, he's, a, he's a busy man <laughs> over there. Keep on
2: him.
1: He'll, he'll do I'll it. He just needs him. a little encouragement. This week was yep. real good yeah.
0: for him. Yep. So, I so, think that uh, will no be live,
1: last minute.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. No live <laughs> chat Q&A this week. Sorry, chat. But save all your questions for Anthony and Dane. You can blast them with questions when we get them on here. Yeah. And, uh, Dane, we'll do it. <laughs> appreciate it again. You can follow – uh, Alex at Bucky VW. Uh, do you got any final comments? I know you didn't get to talk a lot this episode, but <laughs> that's dang. all right.
1: We, uh, we we're into the good. No, Dane, just thanks for taking the time. How uh, do a day to do this and, and help us out? So, really appreciate it. And, no, this uh, is fine. I know we would, we would have no problem talking for hours. We could easily do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, um, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> I uh, I look forward to uh, to the next bit with uh, with Anthony and Levi there, and um, you know maybe have you guess, sometime.
0: Yeah, we'll future. definitely have to have Dane I'm on down. again. I'm thinking for so. TRCMA, we'll have a big countdown show. Ooh, have Dane yeah. And oh yeah, big time. well we're gonna get you in the, Jamie in the
2: studio. That's a requirement, man. We're gonna get you down here.
0: Yep. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. As you know, you can follow us, uh, watch it live here on YouTube every Friday, 6 Central, available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate and review, people. We need more rate uh, written reviews. So get to it. Do it. We'll get some more cool stuff. All right, we gotta get Dane out of here. See you, everybody. Right, we'll see you. It. Next week.